Hi and welcome to the Best Friends Fancast. We are an Allison Rosen fan podcast. I am not your usual host. Lisa is very, very sick, and this goes out to her. Get well, get well soon. We want you to get well. In memory of Lisa. R.I.P. Lisa. She thankfully did not die before we got to hang out in Texas. Oh, uh, before I get to that, you might have heard someone chime in. Guess who I got to be my guest on today's show? The one and only Maggie Poo. How's it going? Hello, my sweet and wonderful Aaron Bieffers. How are you? How are you doing, Megan? You seem constipated. My heart area is constipated. Uh, I don't know. We just had a chat, Rafi and I, about my health. I was going to say, if there are any doctors listening, please describe your symptoms and so we know if you're dying or not. So I thought that the area, the muscles in like my area below my collarbone on like the side that has my heart were just sore. But the more I tried rubbing that like muscle pain out, the more I realized I think my heart just hurts. And I told Rafi like I never had heartburn, but I think it might be heartburn. But he said that heartburn is more like this something weird shit that's happening in your throat. And my heart just really hurts. And so I I don't know what to do, but you might hear some uh some pain painful note. Oh, oh it's like a cramp. Like it's bad. I don't know what's happening. But here I am with you and the wonderful listeners because that's how committed I am. What a way to spend your last moments. Um, did you also have some heart artery clogging brisket from Austin, Texas that Brittany brought you? I didn't have that in Texas with Brittany, no. Thank you, Brittany, for the brisket and for letting me crash at your place. Also, shout out to Buck. He is awesome. Tell us all about it. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Ashley and Greg also who let me stay at their place. We were supposed to have a fan meetup in Austin, but that turned out to just be, you know, me, Lisa, Brittany, and Amanda. Shout out to Amanda. So my Texas weekend went, you know, I flew down to Houston. And then on Friday, I drove over to Beaumont and had drinks with Greg and Ashley. Uh, probably too many drinks. Fortunately, they, they let me stay at their place, which was very, very nearby. But yeah, I finally got to meet my pets, Rusty and Murray. Murray headbutted me three times, which people keep telling me means he likes me. One of them left a big knot on my forehead. Um, not a big knot, but, you know, not a cartoonish Looney Tunes bump, but it, it was a little bump I could feel. Um, and then had a, really had a great time with them. They're both awesome people. Uh, had to send a picture to Allison so she knows, you know, these these friendships are real now. These are not just Twitter people chatting. The next day, I uh, drove to Austin to meet up with uh, Brittany, Lisa, and Amanda. I'm an asshole. Who is Amanda? Amanda is a friend of Lisa and Brittany's that does not listen to the show, I don't think. Oh, okay. I thought I was missing a fan. Or, like, I didn't know the name of a fan, but okay. Yeah, we just, because we were all, I think, hungover and just tired from the day before, we just had a very chill 
day at Brittany's place um, after that. And then the next day had brunch and uh, what's her face? Lisa had to fly out. So short and sweet trip, but had so much fun with, uh, with everyone. I'm jealous. One of my dreams, and I hope you're listening, Leanne, like I, I drew one of my like bucket list things is to meet Leanne and to go visit her. Oh, we're going. I don't know. I'd love to do that. But I keep telling her I'm, it's like tragic that we'll never meet. So it has to happen. Yeah, I really want to meet that lady. That's one of my dreams. Right. She's so she's Leanne, beautiful. if you're listening, which I bet you are, you and Rafi and me and Lisa and the gang, one of one of these days, it's going to happen. It's, it's just, it's not if, it's when. Anyway, today we're going to be talking about Pete Holmes, number four, and Greg Salami, Allison's boobs. And a scary story about a shotgun. First of all, Pete Holmes is back almost on the anniversary of his first being on the show. And like I tweeted, February 13, 2012 was the first airing of Alison Rosen is Your New Best Friend. He was the first guest. Five years later, he's back almost on the same date. And uh, Allison mentions that. She was living in a Hobbit house at the time. Which it was fun. I listened back to that episode recently because of the anniversary. I was like, oh, I should listen to that again. And it was funny how different the episode was. Like, Allison sounds different, obviously. It's been five years. And then she brought up how they talked about Ryan Gosling on the last episode. Now, I know you just mentioned to me that you went to see La La Land. I saw it when it kind of was first came out. What did you think of this movie? Oh, I loved it. I think if I was watching it at home, I could have probably bailed on it in the first 20 minutes. So I was glad that I watched it in the theaters and like stuck around watching it with a cute Irish girl. You, you don't tend to get up and leave, you know what I'm saying? You can edit that out. You edit it, edit it. This is where you edit, making okay. the cut. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, cause I remember Allison talking about it and she's like, I didn't like think I'd like it, but I did. And there was other people who like don't typically like musicals that, Liked it, so I was not sure what I where I was gonna land on it because I don't like musicals either. But the story was fucking tight, and I loved it. And it was brilliantly shot. Like they did a lot of shit with the cinematography um, that is not easy at all. So they deserve all the Oscars that they will undoubtedly get, which are taking place literally like two blocks away from my house, and all the shits closed like. The streets closed down and stuff. Okay, interesting that you liked it because I am not the biggest fan of it. Like, it wasn't bad, but I'll never watch it again. I have, like, the only thing I, I think back about that movie is he, at one point, they show his wrist. He's looking at the time, and he's wearing some sort of vintage Omega which is great. Oh my gosh. The the beginning musical number, Pete Holmes was like saying, oh, how great was that? And I actually really hated that song. Like it made I me angry. Like, I didn't like the opening song. The first two or three musical songs, I was like, I could take or leave it. Yeah. The funny, I think I would have liked it better if there was no musical shit in it. And mm. that's kind of like, I think the big draw for most people, like all that tap dancing. <laughs> Tap dancing. 
in Texas for a little too long there? I think I was going into my, my Wisconsin accent. Uh. Oh, Megan, they were tap, tap dancing all over the Griffith Park. Uh, gonna edit that out. <laughs> it um, fucking hurts to laugh at you. That sucks. <laughs> that's why you shouldn't laugh at me. I'm trying not to. I hope that the fans will like this episode. So you and I have both had a chance to watch Crashing, uh, Pete Holmes' new show on HBO. This is just going to be like TV time, movie time, apparently. But what did you think of Crashing? Can I rewind before we talk about that? Or else I'm going to forget about something I wanted to ask. Do it. Didn't see you chime in unless I just missed it. when Because I'm super stoked that you posted that on Twitter as like a little historical rewind in the ARIYNBF world. And I said that, like, I remembered where I was when I listened to it, but I didn't see that you chimed in. And I was wondering if you remember where you were when you listened to that episode and what you thought about it at the time, because I have some thoughts about that too. You know, I do not remember. I remember her, like, maybe tweeting about it or something, saying that She's going to do, like, she did some, like, test run episodes that are out already so you can subscribe to the feed. Those are the singles up this, anyway. No, no, no. Not the dating app. Or not the dating. I mean, so if you go, so, like. Oh, they're actual test apps? Like, where it was, like, 15 seconds of, like, like teaser I see, yeah. Those. Um, I remember listening to those, but I don't remember where I was when I listened to the actual Pete Holmes episode. Where were you? Um, it was month number one in LA. So I had just driven out and I found the plate. This is where like, this harkens back to my mental on this happy hour episode. Cause I go through this. Cause I was, I recorded with him in March, I believe. And I arrived in January and Allison's first ep was in February. Um, so I found this dude on Craigslist. And I don't know if y'all know how fucking expensive it is to live out here in LA, but just to give you an example, my my uh, first studio, so that's zero bedrooms, studio apartment that I lived in on Crenshaw Boulevard, so not exactly uh, the any prime real estate area. Um, a studio was eight hundred. Was it eight hundred fifty? Seven hundred fifty dollars for a studio. And when I moved out here, I knew it would be expensive, but I didn't know how expensive. Uh, and then I came, arrived, and I'm like, oh, awesome, I can't afford anything. So I just paid this guy like 450 bucks a month to sleep on his couch uh, in his living room. And I was in that dude's apartment like in the first two weeks of living in that place. Um, and I remember thinking, Pete's energy is way different than Allison's. And I, you know, was a fan of Allison, not a fan of Pete at the time. I'd never even heard of him. And so I remember thinking like, oh, I don't, not that I didn't like the show, but I didn't, I thought he, he was like way too obnoxious for my taste. But come to find out five years later, I'm a big fan of Pete Holmes and I've listened to every episode of you made it weird and like, like religiously for the past two years, kind of off and on for like the past four years, but I'm a big fan of his. Uh, but yeah, I was living on a couch, baby. 
So I'm going to recommend, I tweeted about this. I don't know when it happened, but it was fairly recently um, that, you know, sometimes you go into a podcast on the iTunes feed, it only goes back like 40 or 50 episodes or whatever. But all of Allison's show is back on iTunes. So go back and listen to the first episode if you, especially if you're kind of newer to the show. It's it's a good episode and it's so funny because like they talk about his Twitter follower numbers and like I guarantee you he has a ton more Twitter followers and it's funny they mention Chelsea Peretti's vicious attack via tweet or something via text that was fucking hilarious. Well, I got to listen now. And yeah, I don't think I've re-listened to that episode and it'd be really interesting to hear it now that now that I've been a fan of his for 2 years, I bet I'd love it. Have you listened to um his podcast at all? You made it weird? I only listen when I like the guest because I don't want to listen to a two-hour podcast if, you know, I don't give a shit about the guest. His podcasts go a little long. And also Pete can, he's he's a little too energetic for me. So I have to pick and choose. But every episode that I have listened to, I have enjoyed. And one in particular I will recommend is the one with Aaron Rodgers. Fuck yeah! Yeah, the, one of the questions that I tweeted in where they didn't get to it because they started talking about like super like deep stuff, like they spurred a lot of deep conversation that went on for a long time. But I, I asked him if he'd talked to Aaron Rodgers lately and never got to it. But yeah, that's super cool that he's like friends with Aaron Rodgers and had him on his show. And it was a great interview. Like you got to know a part of Aaron Rodgers that I don't think you would get to know him that way anywhere else. So that was cool. Yeah, that's the great thing about podcasting is that we, you know, learn. Because it's not like the typical, oh, you're here to plug this movie or whatever. You know, tell me about that. What's it like filming that? You actually go in depth. But back to yeah. his show Crashing, what did you think? I thought it was good. And I was really, like, on the edge of my seat hoping I would like it because I want to like it. Because I like him so much. Um and I think everything that Allison said was true. Like through the acting was really good. You saw a boob and a penis, um, which I think is just setting. I hope part of me was like, I hope they're not just trying to like be edgy with showing private parts or if they're setting the table for like what you can expect, like maybe it'll be the kind of show that is going to show nudity here and there, which I think is pretty cool. Um, yeah, but I liked it a lot. And I thought Artie Lang was incredible. I don't know if he's been in any, like, I don't honestly know a ton of his work. I've never heard him on Howard Stern. I never listened to Howard Stern. But do you know him as like an actor in other things? Or is this his first acting gig? I feel like it's not his first, but also I'm not, because I'm not a Howard Stern guy. I, if so, Artie was in something, I would not have seen it. Yeah, he was really good. What'd you think? He was really good, yeah. Um, the I think the the penis and the boob. Um, I thought it was. I thought it was. I thought the boob was kind of. I'm gonna not say that. I was gonna say it's like unnecessary, but isn't all nudity unnecessary in TV eh. shows? No, I know what you mean though. It felt inserted, like it didn't need to happen. Sometimes stuff happens that can come off as organic as part of the scene, but it didn't feel that way to me. It felt like we're going to show boobs. I think, I think the penis part was, 
maybe this is just Judd Apatow influence, but I feel like nudity for comic effect is maybe his idea. I don't know. Oh, really? I it don't know. It doesn't seem like a Pete Holmesy idea, do you think? I don't know. I mean, he likes doing things that are out of the box. Like, he's an, a wholesome dude, but he doesn't think that, like, private parts are bad. Uh, I, I couldn't tell you. You know what's uh, what's something that I keep thinking about or that I thought about while listening to this episode is that a while back, Allison mentioned that if she was a single gal, uh, Pete Holmes is the kind of guy she would go for. Really? Yeah, you don't remember that? No. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, while Wait, I, when I was, was this? Oh, when this did she say that? Years back, way back in the day. Just like during a Monday episode or something? No idea when she said it, but I feel like she's said it maybe twice because I know that as like... Because I remember, you know, I'm sure most guys that listened to Allison, especially early on, were like, had a bit of a crush on her. Maybe they still do. Um, And I remember thinking, oh, I'm literally the opposite of Pete Holmes. I'm a scumbag and I'm short. (laughs) And not an optimistic Labrador retriever type human. Yeah, he's like way too happy. Yeah, you know what else too is um, the first time I met Allison was at Nerd Melt when Pete was the performer. Just putting that out there for my own sake, because that was a good memory. I was just thinking about that because I was saying how he was the first episode, and I was like, he was also their first live episode. Second um, live. First was with Garfunkel. Oh, was that the first one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the first one was at UCB. The second one was with Pete Holmes, and the third one was with uh, Paul. Okay. I'm, I just have the chronology mixed up, but I mm-hmm. know you were, you were there. So you've told me before that you're not a fan of Judd Apatow Productions. I would say I'm kind of a fan. Um, but overall, you like the show. And did you know that I like even though I heard the episode, every episode he's going to be like crashing on like some new comedian's couch, essentially, is the, the bit, I guess. Yeah. And I love that concept. I think it's a really good idea. Um, but I don't know if I don't like Judd Apatow productions i just remember seeing love which you really liked and feeling like there was a like it takes a really nuanced vision like or or like not nuanced um it takes a very discerning maybe like to, to be able to identify if like the acting is bad or if the director is bad or absent um, is something that's hard to tell. Like you could very easily watch something and be like, wow, that actor sucks when really maybe like the writing sucks or the director sucks, or maybe it is the actor. There can be like a few things that you just, until you really get to know filmmaking, which I don't necessarily. So sometimes like love, for instance, was this for me, which is you loved it and I did not. And I felt like there, and I did not know Judd Apatow made it at the time when I watched it, but I felt like I was watching a bunch of inexperienced actors that just weren't selling me. Like, I, I don't think the writing was horrible, but they're like, I just didn't buy into it as like them as people. And I think there are times when it's hard to identify if 
writing is bad, if the acting is bad, or if the director is bad. And the director is sort of the most invisible part, right? Because you can hear what someone's saying and can identify the language and you can see the actor and probably blame them before anything else. But the director's kind of supposed to mold these things. And if an actor isn't delivering in a certain way, you're supposed to get them there. Like, that's your job. And so when I learned that he... But that's the thing. I don't know if he directed it just because you... Did he direct it or produce it? I think he was just like the executive producer. Okay, that's different because he's not even like on set then in that case. But but he directed this show. Did he, did he direct This Is 40? I think yes. he directed it. That one, yeah, I think he did. So I didn't like that movie very much. And I don't know. I've just... When I learned that he did love and I could I could point to movies that I really liked that he did and I could point to movies or TV shows that I didn't like at all. Um so for me I think it probably just depends on what actors he gets and if they can really get there. Um and to the point where you buy into it because as Pete said again on his podcast and I forget if this got cut off or whatever. But he's like, he was like, you know, it surprised me that like the director doesn't tell you what to do. You just like do it. And my thinking was like, I don't think that's true for every director. I think some directors are a lot more specific in what they tell you to do. And some are more hands off. But if you're hands off with an actor and they're not selling it, you got to get them there. So I don't know. I, the, it, the jury is out for me and Judd Apatow. Okay, well, then they were talking about uh, the perfect pilot. Are there any shows that you like? I, I feel like I don't even know what your like favorite TV shows are. Like Everyone knows, obviously, for me, Seinfeld, uh, I don't know, The Sopranos or whatever. But is there like a perfect pilot? I mean, I don't watch a ton of TV. So my answers would probably be like... I love Parks I love Parks and Rec and Breaking Bad. Like those are two shows that I could watch over and over again and I don't usually watch stuff twice. Um but yeah, pilots are hard to nail only because typically you don't have the financial backing yet. Like I don't know how it worked with this show. It sounds like when Judd Apatow is signed on, a studio will just throw a bunch of money at you. But like Typically, a pilot hasn't quite brought on, like, the whole crew. Like, what I do know, for instance, is, like, Beth Stelling, who performed at It Fest, Holla at It Fest, um, she's, she's writing on Crashing. But, like, writers don't get brought in because, like, on the pilot because they don't invest a lot in it. If they have a pilot is just, like, a proof of concept, essentially. So it's, like here's a little bit of money, do what you can with it. And then if they watch it, as we did, like in a studio would watch it, they'd be like, okay, we'll fund this, do this many episodes. So it is tough because, and that, that goes to show how talented Pete is because he wrote it all and it was all, I think, really well done. Even though he said he got a lot of guidance from Judd or whatever on the writing. Um, it is definitely a hard thing to do because you got to be a talented motherfucker so he mentions in the episode um or in crashing you see it 
that he uh, his wife cheated on him. And just watching the show was funny because she says something like, touch my asshole or something like that. Yeah. And that Put your just, finger in my ass. Yeah. Uh, we talk a lot about the butthole here. So um, I'm out of notes for Monday because I'm a terrible host. Did you? Is, I know they got into a lot of spiritual talk and that's kind of your domain, I feel like. For me, it's like... Mm. Not something yeah. I'm soups into, but is there anything else from this episode that you remember that you wanted to talk about? Well, Pete, I mean, one of the reasons why I love his podcast is because he does get into philosophy and I love how open he is to like changing his mind and, uh, you know, holding different views. But like, I mean, I'm definitely, he'll talk about, I have three books that he recommended on his podcast, like two Ram Dass books and one Joseph Campbell book. Um, and he plugs this product called Charlotte's web that I bought. Like I'm just kind of, he's one of those people that I trust. Um, and if he's like, there's this new cool thing, I'm he's like, my, he's like my tastemaker. I'm like, I'll buy your fucking Ram Dass books and your fucking sh- Charlotte's, Charlotte's web stuff. Web? It's a hemp oil. Actually, I wanted to look for it because um, it it's supposed to like uh, alleviate like minor aches and pains. But it's a hemp oil that hasn't honestly been working for me in the way that he describes works for himself. But it's just supposed to make you feel like looser, almost as if you had like a beta blocker or something. Um, and I haven't noticed that drastic of effect i doubt i'll buy it again because we're probably running long and and we don't have much to say about monday i say we move on to the thursday episode don't say we don't have much to say about monday i love pete pete is great it was it was a two-hour episode which i like anytime any as much allison as i can get i'll take so the fact that it was two hours long was great and it was a great episode Um, They they talked about a lot of stuff. Moving on to Thursday, first and foremost, Greg is back. Greg's back! And he has an assistant. Um, You are in the Hollywood land. Have you ever had an assistant? Have you ever been an assistant? Um, I've been an assistant. For for whom, Um, if you can say? Nobody famous. Um, I've talked about it before, though. I talked about it when I was on the JMO Patrol. Because I think there was an ARYYNBF episode while I was, like, shortly after I got fired from being an assistant that was complaining about assistance. Like, I think Greg was complaining about the way that emails were worded from assistants. Like, it came off as a little rude. Oh, yes, I do remember that. That sounds familiar. Uh Uh-huh. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure it was rude, but I think it went on this side rant about, like, I don't know. I think it might have came off like he thinks you have a fucking easy job, like, what's up with that? But there's it, there's a lot of pressure, particularly if the dude is a dick or if he, like, leans into you a lot if you make a mistake. Um, but it's like, I mean, I fucking want and need an assistant next year, next time I do in this together, because sometimes you have so much going on that... It's worth having someone just to tell you to fucking go places and do things. Um, but I don't get his whole 
success versus like his struggle with being a successful person, this whole like art and commerce struggle. And I don't get why you would turn down that job twice. I don't get why you would not want a fucking parking space. <laughs> like I, I kind of, it's a lovable thing about him that he's sort of this rebel dude that's getting kind of cornered by corporatism. Like it's kind of a funny story, but I don't, I cannot relate to that. Like I want to be fucking successful and have a nice life. Why would I not want that? And why would you have, why would you be averse to having a good life? I don't get it. Well, see, yeah, I see both sides. Um, Because right now I'm very much relating to how he's like, if I want to go surfing for seven days, I just want to do that. Like same. I want to, drive to Utah on no notice or go to Texas to hang out with people I've never met. Um, So I get that. And yeah, I could see how he just doesn't want to be like a company man. You know what I mean? But that being said, turning down a parking spot is not a good idea. There's no reason. Why, why would you not? Why? And also my, my philosophy is like, I want to go, surfing for seven days in a row if I wanted, but that's why I work as hard as I do because I want to be independent. I don't have the mindset where I'm like, oh, one of these days I'm going to work for like this studio or this person or this company. I'm like, I want to be my own boss so I can fuck off sometimes and work from wherever. And that's why I work so hard is because I do want to have to live more of a life because as you know, Rafi, I don't have one, but uh, that's what I'm working hard to do. But yeah, I, you definitely, I mean, the position he was in, it sounded like he was just a freelance producer and yeah, you do like your gig ends and then you're kind of without a job for a while and you can fuck around and live off the money you made. And I get, if that's your lifestyle and you don't want to be like your own boss, then that'd be sweet. I could be your assistant for ITT Fest, but I don't, know how to be an assistant and i think i would never trust you with that responsibility (laughs) (laughs) how dare you um so they they kind of talk about this a little later which i want to get to um but assistant speak um greg was saying how he would have friends call and tell them hey ask for greg and then he tells his assistant tell them i don't have him can we call again whatever the fuck the phrasing was but um i think we'll get to that later during a jmo um but i thought that was funny i didn't get it at first either and then i realized the second time he said it so he said he told the guy colin for greg now was he saying call in or colin or was that the joke that they didn't no, know it was like he was just telling his friend to call for for me and then he would tell his assistant, you know, say, we don't have him. And then they would call him back, like, why'd you tell me to call you if you're not going to, like, take the call? The joke was not, mm. like... Was not that, that his, his name, name was Colin. Colin. No. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. Let us know, BFF people. Yeah, you, you, what, what did you think. guys think? Leanne, what you, what you thinking? So, he has a fancy studio job. Do you have any idea which studio it is? Yeah, she told us in a... 
live stream. I would say, but they were deliberately not mentioning it, so I don't know if I should say. But I feel like if press releases get is coming out, then eventually it'll be public. Yeah, I was gonna say, um, isn't that weird though that he they have to put out a press release? Like, who does this go to other than like that's people not, who read Variety? Th- that's exactly it. So like Variety or the Hollywood Reporter will have it on their website. That's or the Wrap. I just knew Variety from like entourage episodes <laughs> and the first time like I read an article like on their website or something where it's like uh the project is you know being directed by this person and this person is associated and blah 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 and I was like they're like motherfuckers like give a shit about that but I guess no it's, nobody cares it's a very Hollywood thing yeah nobody gives a fuck I think they make a big deal out of it but very few people, I think, give fucks. So I'll, I'll I'll say it, and you just remember, and you just tell me if this sounds familiar, but bleep it out. Oh, that does not sound... I swear to God, I thought it was Paramount, but... Huh, weird. Um, good for good for Greg. Um, yeah, he... I mean, that's... He's got... To be an executive at a studio is kind of the thing. Like, you're a really powerful person and therefore people are pitching him shows um we kind of talked about this before where everyone has a idea of a movie in their head do you have any show ideas because again yet again i'm not a hollywood douchebag so i don't that's really funny that you said that because like two days ago i thought of one and i'm gonna write a pitch this weekend and i just emailed somebody i know about it today is his name greg heller no. Okay. Um, do you want to uh, say it here so we can, you know, we can make sure no one else try to, tries to steal it? Yeah, this is a safe little nook, isn't it? I, I'm just kidding. I don't know the legalities of this, so please don't do anything you're not comfortable I with. I think I want to, only because who in our community is going to do shit about it? And I, and I want you to tell me if it's a good idea, because I honestly, like, I just had the idea, and then I had a bunch of ideas. And then I'm like, I'm going to write a pitch for this. Okay, do you, and I'm, it's, uh, I know very specifically that I want to pitch it to MTV. Because it's based off of ideas around two of their TV shows that they already had. Okay, so it's not going to be about music. In a way. Oh, then they won't take it, no. So do you remember the shows If You Really Knew Me or Made? I remember Made. I don't remember if you really knew me. If you really knew me is when there was this team. I forget what the team, I think it's just called Challenge Day. I don't know. I can't remember if like the organization is called Challenge Day, but it's essentially this team of people that come in to address kids' emotions and like make them open up to each other. And it turns into like a little support group with these kids. Um, And so it starts following like one or two people, most likely the people that are like outcasts or have like a struggle in their home where like, you know, like maybe he's the fucking stinky kid that always wears shitty clothes and he gets picked on for that. But maybe you don't know that his like, he's a foster kid and like his parents are fucking heroin addicts and things like that. And so that kid tells MTV his side of the story. And then he goes into this challenge day where the kids are broken up 
And one of the things that they do is they all line up in the gymnasium on a line. And the person who's hosting it says, like, okay, if you have ever been made fun of for the color of your skin or your sexual orientation, take a step forward. If you have ever been to a family member's funeral, take a step forward. If your family is divorced, take a step forward. And so essentially then then these kids start looking around and they start seeing like, oh shit, like I'm not alone on this. And then they start breaking off into groups and talking about these things. And it's a really great program for kids to like learn how they should empathize towards each other and maybe not be such fucking pieces of shit and dickheads. The part of Made that I'm referring to, so you would remember Made as the TV show where like this nerdy outcast is like trying to be a cheerleader or a football player or like become a popular kid, right? Right. The the episode that I constantly think about to this day, but just because it doesn't make sense, uh, it was like some white kid wanted to be a rapper and I forget who they got to be the rapper, but he's like, uh they're in a grocery store and he's like telling him how like you can freestyle about anything and then he he has a box of strawberries and it it says like why does the box of strawberries have holes in it like strawberries don't need to be breathing because they're soon to be eaten or something like that and i was like i think about you remember the lyric that's not like a direct quote but i fucking think about that every time i'm in a grocery store what? Uh, That's crazy. Shout out to Jensen Karp. He did an episode of Made that I don't think aired or aired once. Wait, what do you mean he did it? Um, some kid wanted to be an artist and they used his gallery. Back to your story. Well, so when I was like 19, I remember having this thought super early on. And like at the time being an idiot 19-year-old not knowing how anything worked and not... I didn't... I wasn't totally comfortable with the fact that they're trying to make like this geeky person into a popular person. But what they did end up doing is like telling this kid's backstory and sort of getting to know this kid in a way that made him really likable. Not that made him really likable, but it revealed some likable characteristics. So it's like, so what you're socially awkward, like you're really sweet or you're really generous or whatever. And I liked that it brought that out so that when you watch the episode, like if you're his classmates, again, you like wouldn't know these things. But if you're the audience, you get to know this kid in a different way. And I'm like, I like that. But I don't like that. It's like, so now be a football player. I'm like, why can't you just instead have a show that celebrates these people at for who they are as they are instead of making some fucking like try, trying to have the goal of making him popular? I don't have it. I don't have any kinks kinked out. I'm writing the pitch and thinking about this this weekend. But I know that I want to use in this together as like the place for it. And I want a few aspects of it. I don't know how or again any details. But I want there to be a part where you know how I had like rice white come out this year for like a mountainous happy hour episode i would love to go into smaller towns at some point or like medium-sized towns and have someone from the community um who's sort of a leader or a well-known person like maybe in a town that you know a small town like mine maybe it would have been like a teacher that everyone really liked or something like that 
um, and have them come out on stage and be interviewed about opening up about whatever struggle it is, sort of like a mental illness happy hour episode, but centered in the community of where In This Together is taking place. And then I also want to have, say, Demi Lovato, like that's sort of my dream get, because she actually does host support groups before her concerts, and she's this huge mental health advocate and things like that. And she's a huge pop star. And so say then like Demi Lovato goes out and performs and also talks intimately about her struggles either during her performances or like off to the side back backstage afterwards and also creating some Oprah moments where like maybe like the pop star can you know maybe a fan can write in and share their story and meet Demi Lovato when they have a moment or like we did with uh, our MC Matt Shepard this year. Like, I don't even think I told this on the show. You wouldn't know it unless you went to the festival, but the MC of our event reached out to me because he follows Daniel Johnson on Twitter, who was our headliner and his brother had committed suicide just six months ago. And his brother was the, biggest Daniel Johnson fan and was inspired to paint and do art because of him. So before Daniel Johnston came out, we put two of the MC, his name is Matt Shepard, the MC's brother's paintings out on each side of the stage. And he briefly told a story about his brother and how Daniel had an influence on him and um, pointed out his paintings and said like to the audience, you know, Daniel inspired my brother to paint and blah, blah, blah. And then he introduced Daniel and then the paintings were on the stage throughout the show. So if I'm able to, like I alone, I'm not a big enough entity to have people write in and have the opportunity to bring in that much people to get my stories but it's like sort of like if you're catfish like you're on mtv people are just fucking writing into you being like this is my story so i want to get in a partnership with somebody who has a platform so that they can just be like mtv's coming to town like reach out to us with like who your heroes are or who inspires you or what you've been going through that way i can source these kinds of stories you know, more quickly. Um, so I don't have, it, it actually occurred to me when, uh, when Greg was talking, he's like, if you know TV, you're going to say like, it's a formatted show and it's blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Oh shit. I don't know anything about TV. I, I know about my documentary world, but I reached out to, um, a documentary producer who I know also had pitched TV shows and I'm like, I don't know how this shit looks. How do I do it? And he's like, just send me a pitch that's in like, that is what you know. That's like a documentary pitch. And then if I like it, I'll help you form it into like a TV pitch or hook you up with someone who does. So yes, is the answer to your question. I do have a TV show to pitch as of like three days ago. Cool. What do you think about that? Tell me, tell me. I know it wasn't super clear and I'm still a little unorganized about it, 
but I have some ideas and you should tell me if you like them. I get what you're going for. Um, and as per usual, I, uh, I am not surprised that this is the kind of thing you're trying to do, especially tying it in with In This Together. So getting back to the show, Allison has been having some breastfeeding woes. Listening to it today, I, I felt really bad for her because she, like, I know she kind of said it half-joking that she's not a real woman or something like that, but um, I just can't imagine what that would be like. Um, I know as a guy, I constantly think, like, what is, like, the definition of a real man? And, like, you know, so I can kind of relate in that sense. Um, you will probably not have children, but what did you think about her issues? I remember listening and on the way here, prepping to talk about this. And I was like, fuck, I wish a woman who knew anything or a person who would know anything about this was on the show instead of me. Because I don't fucking know. Um, I just know that what... That it fucking... It makes no sense to me why this whole breastfeeding thing is a debate. If if you're just someone who's like not producing milk, it's always been super confusing to me. And I do think, I mean, it's kind of obvious and well-known by now, and Daniel talked about it, but people are just so unfair to women. Like I know that the appointment that was supposed to determine, like I know Allison talked about in the podcast that she had a pediatrics appointment the next day where she was going to ask her a question, like, how long should I keep doing this? Or like, like if I can only produce like a little milk, will that be enough? to be worth it or should I just stop and so I hope she found the answer to that question and that she doesn't have to agonize anymore but like I know that they talked about because she didn't breastfeed or pump within like the first hour which seems crazy to me I can't believe that it's like oh you're in my stomach now you're on my boob like that's (laughs) mind-boggling that that happens within an hour Like, I don't know how much it was that or how much it is just this gland issue. Yeah, I don't got much to say about breastfeeding, but I chime in on the Facebook page, mamas. Becky, what's up with that? Maybe just because I'm very pessimistic about things. The whole whole time that, you know, this whole journey um, of her getting pregnant, I, I just knew, like, obviously I didn't know. You know what I mean? I just knew, like, none of this is going to be easy for her. And this is just another thing that I was like, of course, it's not just going to be fucking, oh, just I produce tons of milk. No problems mm-hmm. here. Yeah. And I just feel like and maybe that's just that's just life. But and especially parenthood where it's just like one struggle after the other mm-hmm. until we inevitably all die. Um, I wanted to ask you, though, Rafi, because we didn't I don't think I've talked to you since we've heard where they talked about how Elliot didn't take a breath in the first seven minutes and how Daniel thought he, his fucking kid was dead. Um, what was your reaction to that? Like, cause you just saying like, of course nothing good can happen. It's like, really does Daniel really need to fucking go through this that he thinks his kid is stillborn? Like it, it had me crying just yeah a lot and I felt terrible and he and these good fucking people don't deserve this it's like what is wrong with the world it was a very harrowing tale I don't know it's 
Yeah. That's well, like my... Daniel was saying, people. Sorry, I mean the cut. Yeah, you, you, you got to count your blessings because yeah, like you said, some people have it much worse. I don't know. That it's one of my fears. That's one big reason where I'm like, if I never have kids, that'll be fine by me. Another harrowing tale was outside of this breastfeeding support group. There were a ton of cops um, looking for someone. Um, did you want to talk about this story? Not really. I mean, it just it felt fucking weird that within two weeks, Daniel's kid wasn't breathing for seven minutes, seven minutes and then also told to lock their doors. Uh, and there's like a team of police outside that it just seemed pretty surreal and kind of intense. And again, just considering everything they've already been through, it's like, really, does there need to be some fucking, you know, violent attack at the baby center or whatever it was? Daniel's a hero. We know this. Um, so I the, thought that was really funny. The, the funny thing to me is that I wouldn't say I'm claustrophobic, but I would feel not safe if we're all huddled in a room. I'm like, oh, we're cattle ready to be slaughtered. I'd be like, let's uh, let's just drive home. Like, I I would be perfectly fine walking outside instead of staying in the building. That to me, yeah, I don't like it. Because we haven't had Greg in a while, Allison made sure to come back around and talk to him some more. Have you or would you eat wriggling shrimp sushi? I wouldn't eat sushi. You've never had sushi? I I've had like the non-fish version. I don't like fish what yeah i know i want to like it you know honestly after i mean no the answer is no even if i did like sushi i wouldn't have some fucking wriggling alive thing in my mouth that what is wrong with you <laughs> like that you would like that but um oh yeah yeah do you like su- you like sushi i like sushi i don't know if i want a live wriggling shrimp like i guess i'd have to try it to be like if it's this fresh is it really that much better yeah i like like alan said i would love to go to like the jiro Mm. dreams of sushi restaurant or something like that Um, i think next time you're out here so here's the thing like i ages ago when i was a teenager made myself like eggs i didn't like eggs but i'm like you go to a restaurant and your options are pretty boring unless you like eggs. So I like forced myself to like them. And I would love to do the same for sushi because it seems really fun. So maybe, and LA has a bunch of fucking, like, there's a huge variety of sushi restaurants out here that I know are really cool. So maybe next time you're in LA, we'll go and it, I'll try to force myself to like it. That sounds awesome. Uh, the only thing I'm going to say is that if we do go to a fancy sushi place, it's going to be pretty pricey for not a lot of food, but it is totally fine with me. Um, I'll go to Nobu's place again. Allison mentioned eating monkfish, and then she says it tastes like armpit. It tastes like a butthole, and that is relevant to our show here, so I had to mention it. Um, Maybe she doesn't want to eat the groceries. Apparently not if she doesn't like the monkfish. I've never I've never had monkfish, but now I'm curious. Um Greg asks Daniel if Allison has relaxed uh since having the baby. Not relaxed, he said if she has stopped giving a fuck, which is different than relaxed. You you would think motherhood would make her kind of not give a shit about 
insignificant things. But like Daniel said, it's probably just going to, you know, shift from these things to these other things. Any thoughts from Maggie Poo? Well, and he also said it's too soon to tell, which is, I think, really where it's at. Right. Um, I don't know. I've been really curious. It's going to be interesting for Allison where her ambitions go career-wise. Having your own podcast that hundreds of thousands and thus far many millions of people have, you know, heard her. And she's going to build a whole new audience having a podcast with Greg Fitzsimmons. Um, so she has a she's making a good living. She has an amazing job. And so I feel like she could go one way, which is like, let's embrace what I have and just take all of that career ambition energy and put it into raising my son and taking advantage of the fact that I don't have to be anywhere anytime and I can just host my show in my house and that's amazing. Um, or what if she's like, well, college is fucking expensive. Like I need to like double, triple, quadruple down and work this career ambition stuff until I can work it no more. Like, I feel like it could go one of two ways and I don't know which way it's going to go. Yeah. You know what I think was a good sign is that she came back so soon. Like she's back on Thursday already. So I feel like that's a good sign for us at least who knows what the future holds, but I mean, we're going to support her no matter what. And she has the Patreon thing going, so that's that's always good. And she has advertisers. And, and ads. Yeah, I mean, she's not doing bad, like, as a professional podcaster. And it just seems ideal, like, for raising a kid. I mean, truly, she steps into her dining room and she can work. And if you have an infant, that is amazing. And can I be honest, too? Um, I think I picked up on something that I could be making something out of and it's nothing, but I think her show didn't get picked up. And the reason I say that is that she said something to Greg about the pilot and she said the little pilot that we did, that's, that was her wording. And I'm like, Oh, that's a weird way to, put it. because it was a big deal. And I feel like maybe she's feeling like it wasn't that big of a deal anymore because it didn't get picked up. Um, or if it's because Greg is such a fancy pantsy studio exec now that maybe she felt like now in comparison to what his role is, like it was maybe a smaller deal. I don't know. But I just was, the wording caught me off guard that like, why would you say a little pilot? Like it was a really legit thing that was like a crew and and that just made me think she was, it revealed something. Maybe she meant little as in like production wise. It was like not all that she had hoped. If you remember when she, they mentioned uh, Greg's budgeting and she said or he said how much money can we use of our money for Allison's pilot. And Ayala said like, I forget what, $20 or some ridiculous amount. But um, so maybe that's what she meant. But um, yeah, I. I it, from what I know about Hollywood, most shows don't get picked up, so it would not surprise me. But that's unfortunate, because, like I said, I'll take all the Allison I can get, and unfortunately, I guess, not on my TV yeah. anytime soon. And you would think, like, 
I mean, Greg is a talented producer and I know that she's talented on camera. And I mean, I know it probably wouldn't be ideal, but like it can go somewhere, maybe not on ABC or whatever, but there's a place for it, I'm sure, because Allison's talented and he's talented and I can't see it not being good, you know? Even though a lot of things don't get picked up, there's got to be a a home for it somewhere. So I hope that we get to see it. Yeah, maybe uh, just a Patreon exclusive. That'd be dope. Really quick, I must mention that during JMO's, the fruit song was played and the long version, not a short version. So I sang along, still knew all the words, even though I haven't heard it in a while. During a JMO, they were talking about um, like TV shows you know that are really good, but that you've never seen. I have a bunch. So obviously, like they mentioned, The Wire is one of them. Um, Friday Night Lights is one of them. But are there any shows like that for you? You should watch The Sopranos. It's such a good fucking show. I would. I liked, I ended up watching the first episode and I did not not like it. So I'd probably give it a chance. Yeah, I thought this, this was a great talking point on the show and I thought you'd probably bring it up. But I watch, like I said before, I watch so little TV that there's... It's not that I have a show that I, that's like the one show. Like there's a thousand shows that I'll just never fucking watch. Another one, speaking of Judd Apatow earlier, is Freaks and Geeks. It's one season. I know it's good and I've never seen it and I just don't watch it for whatever reason. You know, I tried to watch it with one of my exes and we just couldn't get into it. But that was like many years ago. Um, I would, I can say that I tried watching, like I gave Mad Men a serious shot. And for whatever reason, it's just not for me. And it is like scrambled eggs. I wanted to like it. And like, I usually don't give shows that much of a chance if it's not, if it doesn't have me within like the first 20 minutes or for sure, like the first three episodes, I'm out. But it was one of those shows where I'm like, I know there's something here and I want to stick around and find out what that magic thing is or why this is so great. But I got like, a season and a few episodes in and I'm like nope I still don't care what happens to anybody and I can't keep watching this that's how I feel about girls I watched all of season one because everyone says it's so great and I just couldn't care less yeah I've watched a few random episodes of girls and I just didn't get into it enough yeah with me I I gotta like it pretty much right away or I'm or I'm piecing out did you pick a JMO because you had a JMO read, and I wanted to talk about it, but I don't know if you picked a different one or if you picked yours. So I'm going to pick mine only because that, and I got the mess- the text message out to read it, but it was uh, inspired by a text I sent you. Did you know that? Yeah, I do, because you tweeted it like five minutes okay. after you texted me. So that's how, I, that's how I figured you knew. Yeah, so I was texting with Rafi. And of course, the stuff pre- like preceding it is that text where you texted me like the kid crossing the street, the chains and the coffin. And I was like, haha, I'll send random stuff too. And then, and then I sent you the like um, eggplant emoji, the needle. Oh, the clown no, 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 and the no. two needles. The needles with the clown. And I'm like, hashtag random scary. And then I told and you, mine says, no, mine random. has meaning. It's a meaning. And so I said, oh. 
And I wanted to say, per the huge, it's gone over my head, which all of your jokes do constantly. Um, and I was sitting there and I'm like, per the huge, backspace, 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 per the huge. And I'm like, fuck it. And, but I, I gave it like a couple minutes trying to figure out how one would text that. And then I'm like, oh, I wonder if other people don't know how to say per the use in a text. And so I sent you the text and I immediately sent the JMO. So that was inspired none other by the Robsters. But I'm looking at our text here. I want to share it with our people. So you sent a series of emojis that was the yield sign with a person walking and like holding on to a kid's hand, uh, two interconnected chain links. Is that the right way to put it? Chain links and a coffin. And so you said it had meaning and you said, we are walking across the road in parentheses of life. I'm the tall one. You're the short one. (laughs) And we are linked together till death. Yes. We are linked that together funny. in our friendship and our love of Allison until we die, which probably soon, hopefully. Oh, that's funny. And this was an extension because uh, you thought I was mad at you. Don't go into because that. Because I, I told you to, to I told you it. to go fuck yourself because we were talking about eating. You were still trying to sell the groceries to me. The poll has been taken. The podcast is out there. I'm in the majority. You can't accept it. And you still are sending me the tongue emoji with the brown eye. And I'm <laughs> Thank like, you for getting fuck that, off. By the way. And the tone, the tone of my go fuck yourself. I'm like, go fuck yourself. You go lick your own butt. If I would have said it out loud, that's how I took it. But you thought I was mad. I thought mad. you were mad. Because I never know with you, you man. He always thinks, well, to be fair, I've been mad at him before. Um, okay, but okay. Another, like I mentioned on Twitter with Lisa, um, another thing we talked about is for the right person, would you eat the groceries? You say no way in hell. Oh. But I'm saying oh. when the Henny's in the system, that's not the lyric, but you know what I mean. And so do you know why I would say no? Because you have no interest in a butthole. Because I don't like the taste of poop or butts. You don't like monkfish? It has nothing to do with the person. It has nothing to do with who it is. If the love of my life wanted me to do that, their butthole would taste no more splendorous than the next person's. And I don't have interest. <laughs> I, there's fantastic resistance. There are flavored uh, body lotions that you can use. Um, Again, what did I tell you on the podcast last time, guys? When it was Lisa and Rafi, he's been stuffing asshole down my throat, <laughs> and you're seeing it now in real time, and he won't stop. It's like his goal <laughs> life for me to submit to wanting to lick a butt. It's the weirdest, most fucked up thing. Why would you keep pressing because it? Because put it in your Tinder bio, text it to this Irish girl and watch those DMs f- fucking take flight. They're just gonna, you're gonna be Even bombarded. Even if they took flight, there would then be the expectation that I 
I have to lick a butthole. And I won't. I'm putting my foot down. You know, you'll cross that bridge when you get to it. <laughs> but um, anyway, back to the JMO. The reason I wanted to talk about this one. I'll not... cross that paint when I get to it. <laughs> I did not want to talk about this JMO because I inspired it. I wanted to talk about it because going back to the assistant speak, there are like little phrases that, or acronyms maybe, that, you know, you might not know, like when uh, Alan said, away from keyboard. Um, you texted me once, I was trying to get you for a BFF, and you said, oh, I don't know, I'll let you know by EOD. And I was like, what is EOD? EOD, EOD. And then I was like, fuck it, I'm Googling it. I'll let you know by end of day. And I was like, I'm not a Hollywood douchebag. I don't know what that means, Megan. No, you're so right. I know that I didn't know what it meant the first time I got it. That is cool. Um, shit, I lost my train of thought. I was like, oh, for one, so it's been a while since I've had a JMO read where I actually thought it spurred a pretty cool conversation. A lot of the time, mine is not the one that tends to do that. But I was happy with the way this one turned out. And I like how Jeff gave me kind of an option, which is like PTU per the use. That, yeah, I like that a lot. But... So now, because I can use it with you. Yes. Because now we are speaking the same NBF language, but you're the only one I can text that to because you're the only one that'll get it. Um, yeah. Do, oh, the, another reason I wanted to talk about this was in your iPhone, do you set any shortcuts? So like there's a default one if you type... Uh, OMW, it'll correct to on my way exclamation point. Are there, did you add any of your own shortcuts? Because I know I have. I wouldn't know how to do that. OMW, space in between each thing? No, no, no. OMW and then hit the space button and it should put on my way. On my way. Whoa! How do you learn about these things? Um, because I have had an iPhone since the first day the first one came out. Yeah, but how do you, you can't just, I can't just type in G-Y-I and be like, oh yeah, it'll default to this. Like, how do you know that? If you want to really know, it, it goes back many years to like probably 2007. On my computer, I was like, there has to be a text shortcut app. And I found one. And then so I would use it for like my email. I would like type in GMA for Gmail or YAH for Yahoo and it'll just go bam, right? So when they introduced it for the iPhone, I remember I was like, finally, but now I'm trying to find it in the fucking settings and it's under keyboard. Yep. Okay. I tried BRT space and B right there is not it. Okay. So go to your settings, then go to general. Slow down, speedy. General. Uh-huh. Now scroll down to keyboard. Okay. And then it'll say text replacement. It says OMW. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, I know exactly what I'm going to do. Per the usual. <laughs> per the usual is PTU. Oh, that is dope. And now I'm going to add... Um, the shortcut is going to be I W 
E T G I wet G and that means I won't eat the groceries. Oh jeez. <laughs> Shorthand the next time we get into an argument. I wet G. I hope I hope I do die tonight and that someone like comes into my phone <laughs> and for some reason feels the need to look at my tech shortcuts and and sees per the usual PTU. That's awesome. Save that one. Um yeah. yeah that's great. A fun not so fun thing that you can do is if someone leaves their iPhone unlocked is go into their settings and take a common word and autocorrect it to something dirty. Um, so whenever they type like, hey, or what's up, it'll be like, I want to eat your groceries. That's brilliant. Next time you're in LA, it's on. You're going to pass the foot of my bed per PTU and I'm going to change. I'm going to change all of your settings. Do you know what the first internet shortening What do you call that an anagram? Acronym. An acronym? Do you know what the first internet one was? Cuz I do. Um, I know it wasn't LOL. Um, it could be like I I know there's like a bunch of like old chat room ones like parent over shoulder or be right back, you know, that kind of thing, away from keyboard. Um, but no, what was the first one? ASL, age, sex, location. Shout out to Craigslist. <laughs> uh, 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 what? No, shout out to CyberZone Internet in Marinette County, Wisconsin. Huh. We had these like localized chat rooms, and I guess I would pop into Yahoo chat rooms every once in a while, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, you didn't know who you were talking to, so how old are you? How old are you? Like, is this sagittory? Sex, is this gay? <laughs> and location, like, can we fuck now? I mean, that's pretty much what chat rooms were for back in the day. So you famously met a gal on Craigslist, but did you ever meet anyone through Yahoo or CyberZone? <laughs> I met boys through CyberZone when I was Confused. back in the day when I was a teenager, when I didn't know that lesbianism was a thing I could do. Um, but no, that was too, that was before those kinds of days. But yeah, I dated, I dated a boy who I got to know a lot through CyberZone internet chatting. I guess a lot of guys probably knew I was gay before I did. Because I remember he was like a freshman and I was in eighth grade and he was like taking out his wee wee and being like, see, isn't that nice? And I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. And like, I didn't do anything to it or with it. And, um, and I remember him like trying to tell me, like, take my shirt off and stuff. I'm like, why? I don't want to do that. Like, that mean I'd be naked. That's weird. And I look back and then like, a day later he broke up with me and I'm like oh I was gay that's cute but you guys kissed right oh yeah I'm sure we kissed no no butterflies <laughs> from Maybe. kissing the guy oh, well. he was a cute guy I was proud of myself at the time but uh yeah not much I didn't understand 
I was like, oh, that's cool. What do you like? I I had no con like I had no concept of what what I was supposed to do with it or like that it meant I was supposed to do something to it. Uh, no better way to end it than on again <laughs> avoiding the penis. Thank you, Megan, for jumping on here and. Even though I'm literally dying. If dying can be solved by stretching, then it's not that serious. <laughs> anyway, if you want to be a part of the show, email bffancast at gmail.com. Make sure to follow Lisa on Twitter at jmos and bffs. Check up on her. She might be dead. We're all dying, apparently. Um, support Allison by clicking through her Amazon banner. Buy a t-shirt. Support her on Patreon. Buy a pin. Um, you know, she has a baby. She's got to pay for that shit. Um, college is expensive. Do what I did. Say fuck school. <laughs> Shout yeah, out to Waka Flocka. Turn out like Rafi. It'll work out fine. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm so funny when I make fun of you. You totally are. It's my fave. I know. Yeah. Megan, where can we find you? At the chiropractor? <laughs> Eating the groceries. I mean, if I'm not eating the groceries, like, it's breakfast, lunch, dinner, all day, every day. Um, But when I'm not licking a butthole, you know, and who doesn't want to do that all the time? um, You can find me on Twitter at Zanera Park. I'm not on there a lot. Where can single lesbians or people who know single lesbians reach you? Remember back when you used to give out your crazy hotmail oh. address? <laughs> Don't do that, but... Um, I I'm know, underscore they... P-A-R-K-N-S-K-Y at hotmail. Yes, I said hotmail.com. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I'm a single gal. I've got one on the line. Or she's got me on the line and doesn't know it, but, you know... I'm trying. We're all just trying here. But if you, I mean, yeah, I think it's clear to me at this point that no one that listens to the cast is a single lesbian that wants me because it's been out in, you know, it's a message that's been sent time and time and again. But if you know somebody or know somebody that knows somebody, particularly a podcast listener, I would really like that. I think I would thrive in that relationship. Um, M underscore P-A-R-K-A-N-S-K-Y at Hotmail. That's right, bitches. I said Hotmail.com. Or if you want to let me know what my TV idea is, um, scale one through five, one being shit, five being it'll be on TV, you just give me some feedback because I seriously, this is the first time I've uttered it out loud and I'm curious. I'm going to start and end the show with Jay-Z songs because of his induction into the Songwriters Hall of Fame. And there's... Well, of course, that's like so relevant. Nothing says Alison Rosen like Jay-Z's induction to the Hall of Fame. <laughs> um, there's a song with Memphis Bleak where he says, Bitches don't talk to us, the hoes, they email us. So hoes, email Megan. I'm editing that out. But Keep again. it would be, I might add it actually. I don't know. It's pretty funny. <laughs> um, so thanks everyone for listening and goodbye. Boom. Hey, do you know? Boom, boom. The BFFF and Gaston. Rafi is a good host, but he likes buttholes. <laughs> Thank you for choosing.
the BFFF fan cast. Hey, do you know? Boop. I'm done.